Hello and welcome to another very special episode of Let Me Explain You a Thing. My name is Andrew, and this is the podcast where I talk extemporaneously on a subject I know a decent amount about. And today, I would like to talk uh, on a subject that's maybe receding a little bit from the public imagination, but uh, depending on your point of view, we'll touch on that, uh, is, is still kind of still kind of ongoing, and that is the winter holiday season. Uh, time of recording, it is now uh, uh, mid, late mid uh, uh, January, so we're kind of we're kind of out of that Christmas vibe. That's no longer uh, really the headspace most of us are in. Um, you see a lot more people in uh, crowding gyms. Uh, it's kind of like a sober attitude. Uh, kind of circulating, and I think that's kind of interesting. Um, that that goes back a long ways, but uh, it's kind of an interesting, to my mind, reaction to the festivity of the previous couple months. There have been a, a couple, at least today, there have been a couple major holidays in the recent past, a few even, uh, that involves multi-day celebrations, big meals, uh, copious drinking, traditionally. Um, and this is kind of like, it's a weird sort of cold turkey response to all that, but, um, yeah, we'll get into it. Uh, okay, so I, I want to say, like, for the purposes of this, the winter holidays, and we call them winter holidays usually, not really like fall holidays, even though like Christmas is just at the bleeding edge of winter per the calendar. You know, winter doesn't start until the 21st or 22nd, I can never remember, of December. Um, yeah, we don't really group things, uh, I mean, uh, <laughs> we don't really group Halloween in, in that lot even though it's just the same distance from Thanksgiving as Thanksgiving is to Christmas. But, like, the way I think of it, Halloween is not a family holiday. You know, like, nobody nobody talks about, like, flying home to be with their family for Halloween, right? Like, it's absurd. It's laughable. Halloween is not... is, is like a, a... If I can pull from, like, Roman religion, as I am wanted, um, you have religio and superstitio as these two kind of poles of Roman, you know, spiritual observance. Uh, religio are the, the festivals, the holidays, the celebrations, and the manner in which you celebrate that is more, you know, just to, to boil it down, is considered more like... Uh, Um, sorry, a truck just hit something weird. Um, <laughs> um, religio are the, the the trappings of religious holidays that are considered more like, like how to put it, more socially, like more normal, more more of a civic nature, like the ways that you participate 
Like you, you go to a temple on a festival day and you sacrifice to the god that you're supposed to sacrifice to. And like it's all very normal and people know the protocols and you kind of do what you're supposed to do. And I think like there are holidays, the, the more family oriented ones are kind of more like that. It's, there's some more of like a social element, not social like hanging out with people element, but like a more like normal uh, element to it. it kind of reifies you know the, the sort of you know and supports the kind of dominant like social uh, you know thing uh, keeps keeps the wheels on a little bit uh, I think Christmas is definitely more of a really EO kind of mindset um, Super Studio is, uh, you know, just as it sounds like, religious celebrations, uh, holidays, practices. And I mean religious in kind of like an ancient sense, not like in a, like, you know, monotheistic, like contemporary, uh, you know, monotheistic uh, kind of sense. But religion has changed so, so dang much uh, in the last couple thousand years. Um, but, yeah, Super Studio uh, practices are more, like, weird, a little bit more transgressive of the, the dominance, you know, the hierarchy of stuff like that. Um, Super Studio is, is more like a personal thing. It's kind of antisocial in a way. Um, and, like, more associated with, like, uh, practicing magic and stuff like that, um, divination, um, you know, things that after Christianity became ascendant were kind of viewed as, like, dark arts. Um, so, yeah, like... I think Halloween is definitely more in, in the camp of Super Studio uh, because you're like, you know, like people people dress up in like, uh, you know, sexy versions of like beloved cartoon characters and <laughs> like they uh, cross-dress and, uh, you know, just... Even, even like, not going so far as, as some of those attributes of the holiday. Like, you're, you're doing something that's different. You're trying to pretend to be some somebody different. Um, math. You know, these are all kind of weird things, right? Um, yeah, so I, I think that's, like, a key difference to keep in mind. You can kind of align different attributes of holidays with those. Like, uh in the modern day, even, like, how religious is the holiday? How much, you know, drinking or feasting or other frivolity is involved? Um, you know, things like that. Anyway, I, we don't count Halloween as part of the, the winter holidays, and I think that's part of why. It's kind of like the, the weird red-haired stepchild of... I mean, Halloween is an S-tier holiday, don't get me wrong, but it's just, it stands apart from, like... 
uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas, and even New Year's, and some of the other ones sprinkled in there, like, uh, that, you know, different tastes may observe, like the winter solstice, or Hanukkah, or, you know, Ramadan when it comes around that time of year. So, I believe Ramadan does. To be wrong, don't want to embarrass myself. Anyway, um, yeah, so, what else? Uh, yeah, Thanksgiving also kind of, you know, uh, is the start of the holiday season, but doesn't have quite the pedigree as uh, Christmas or, or New Year's. It just hasn't been around as long. It's celebrated more locally. I mean, as dominant as the U.S. is in producing, you know, much of the world's, like, culture, Thanksgiving is just not observed or understood or recognized in most of the world. Uh, so that's kind of an interesting aspect to it. But, it, you know, Thanksgiving feels to me kind of like a harvest celebration. That's basically all it is. And when you peel back the very apocryphal story of Squanto teaching the, the pilgrims to plant corn or whatever, like, that's kind of what it comes down to. You know, it's, apart from the stories, Thanksgiving is very much like about the harvest. You know, you've, you've got images of the cornucopia and stuff like that. Sidebar, this is kind of an interesting fact. We think of, uh, you know, in like a pre-modern context of the winters as being kind of like barren and uh, for, for previous generations of humans um, for the modern era. And winter is barren. Um, summer is uh, a time of uh, verdure. But that's just not really the case in much of history, in, in much of agrarian history at least. Like, you don't, in agrarian societies, you, you know, you'd be like planting throughout the, the spring and raising crops in the summer. Uh, the summer is when, you know, because you harvest in the fall, your, your stores are greatest in the fall and winter, and then they start to dwindle, and the summer is actually the leanest time. You can't really harvest yet, and you shouldn't, because it'll impact your future crop. Um, so you, you just don't have that much food stored away. Um, you just kind of have to, like, make what you have last until stuff ripens on the, you know, on the vine or, or in your fields and is ready to harvest. So, yeah, um, really, like, you know, you think about the solstice, like, summer, yes, you have the most daylight, which is really meaningful before electricity, right? Like, no candle, no no hearth fire or bonfire can compete with the light of the sun. It just doesn't. Um, even on a cloudy day, like, you you know, the day is just, it's just different. Um, even the full moon, you know, it's just, it's not the same. So, uh, you know, the, the summer solstice represents the longest period of life, but it, there's kind of a melancholy or a bittersweet nature to it. Like, the, the sun is going to be dwindling from then on, and people have known this for thousands and thousands of years. Um, light, light is fading, 
um, it's you're on your your way back around the sun the bad way. Uh, whereas the winter solstice, like yeah, it's the shortest the days are ever going to be, but there's kind of a, a fervent like joy in it that like wow, the days are getting longer. Every day will be longer. We'll have more light. Um, which equates to more time to, like, do things and see things <laughs> and, like, be, you know, embodied in yourself. Like, I think one interesting aspect of the winter that we can apply to many winter holidays is a, an aspect of introspection, uh, probably most of all to New Year's, right? You, you come up with your New Year's resolution. Part of it is because you spent the whole last night, like, drinking, and you're coming off of a, a holiday season of, like, feasts, right? Thanksgiving, Christmas, all that. Like, it's been kind of a lot in a short span of time. I want to also mention the Julian calendar uh, of ancient Rome. Like, you might kind of wonder why our months are different lengths, and part of that is, I think, because it was reformed. Um, uh, during the Renaissance, I want to say, I think in ancient Rome, and go research this, because it's neat beyond what I can tell you, but uh, months used to be 30 days, I believe. But if you do the math, 30, 30 times 12 gets you 360 so there's an extra five days. So in the Roman calendar, I believe there was a five-day, like, kind of mini-month, mini-week at the end of the 12 regular months. That was just kind of like party day, party time. Um, so I think maybe that's part of why we get this impetus to, like, just unload and, and kind of party and celebrate at the end of the year. Like, obviously, there's these holidays that lined up with that, but where did they come from? Why do we observe them that way? You know, we don't observe Easter the same way we observe Christmas, but on the Christian calendar, Easter is the much more significant holiday. Like, Easter represents the, the resurrection and the symbolic resurrection of all believers uh, after death, whereas Christmas is just kind of like the, the birth of the Savior. It's just like the promise that that will happen. But clearly one of them should be more significant if you, if you want to look at it that way. Um, but that's not how we celebrate them. Like, Easter is a one-day thing. You know, there's stuff that you do for kids. Easter egg hunts and, oh, the Easter bunny's coming and that kind of thing. But it's not the same. Okay, i got a lot to get through, so I'm going to push. Um, so the winter solstice is, has kind of a jubilant aspect. Uh and that's kind of where we get red and green from, like the green of the undying evergreen um, survives, does not lose its needles through the winter, which is very symbolically important to uh, pre-modern humans. Um, and then red kind of is a symbol of, of blood and uh, life, vigor, virility, like in a, in a more sexual sense. Um, and it, it sort of ties back to the Roman festival of uh, Sol Invictus, the unconquered sun, which would take place around this time. So much of what we have uh, in, you know, a, a kind of 
Euro-American context comes from Rome and Greece. There are so many influences from all over the world, and so many from before then even. Like we have, you know, Carthage, which is North African, uh, you know, Mesopotamian, um, before the Greeks and Egyptians. So much of that comes from, like, uh, Africa and the Near East um, as well, but, you know, sublimated through Greece and Rome. Um, anyway. But, yeah, so... Uh, Christmas, I think Christmas is fascinating to me. For one thing, I want to point out that, uh, you know, Christmas is, we're, like, right now, time of recording, Christmas is over. You might have known that already, but and this is kind of, I think, growing in the popular imagination. Um, that the 12 days of Christmas refers not to, like, I don't know, 12 days leading up to Christmas? Like, what, December 13th? Nobody, nobody recognizes that as a special day. Um, but the 12 days of Christmas begin with Christmas Day, December 25th. Uh, and then, you know, you have this, you know, the, the, the whole song is, like, the 12 days are a 12-day-long Christmas celebration. And then you have December 6th, Twelfth night, or January sixth, which is twelfth uh, night, um, may recognize from the title of the Shakespeare play, which I think is kind of—I don't think references or takes place at, on twelfth night at all. It's just kind of like—I think I heard was written to kind of correspond with that celebration, like a play that you could watch it. It's kind of like, you know, Die Hard's not. Like, it takes place at Christmas, I guess it's a, it's kind of the inverse of that. Like, it doesn't take place at Christmas, but it is a Christmas movie. Um, I'm sure I could come up with some other contemporary examples if I really think about it, but, um, or you can. Probably yelling at the, at your phone right now. Anyway, um, so Christmas... Like, more people, I think, are... I see memes about that now, about how the 12 days of Christmas lead up to that. Uh, January 6th is also the day of Epiphany uh, on the, the the church calendar. When I say church calendar, I guess I mean, like, Catholic calendar, but many Protestant denominations have also adopted it. Um, um, Episcopal... Uh, Lutheran, I believe, uh, possibly Methodist. Um, so, yeah, like, Epiphany, and the story is, and this is why, you know, more traditionally, you don't put together your, your crash, your nativity scene all at once. Like, the whole, especially, like, at the start of December or after, you know, Thanksgiving weekend when you're unpacking your decorations, the whole idea is that, so, like, Christmas starts with the Holy Family, Jesus, Mary, Joseph, sounds like I'm cursing, um, and then the shepherds come, just kind of in the sequence of, of the story in Luke. Uh, you know, the Holy Family arrives, Jesus is born, uh, shepherds arrive because they're, they're, you know, directed there by flights of angels. And then it's not until Epiphany that the wise men arrive. So 
I don't know where this tradition originated or how far back. I, I think it goes way back, though. Um, that I don't know if there's a scriptural basis for it, I guess I should say. Um, but the wise men, the magi, are said to have arrived like 12 days after the birth of Christ. And then, and then they, they come and adore him, give him gifts, whatever. Um, so that's kind of a different, that's the end of Christmas season. However, again, in the Catholic Church, Christmas season, like even after Epiphany, kind of continues until Candlemas. Um, Candlemas is like a day that you would restock on candles, I believe, is kind of the, the tradition. It's February 2nd. So, if you want to be really gruelingly technical about it, Christmas season goes from December 25th to February 2nd in the traditional Catholic calendar. And I'm not going to, like, be a scold and say, oh, we're celebrating Christmas wrong. It's like, no, that's, that's kind of prescriptivist. Uh, it's, this is how we celebrate Christmas now. And part of that celebration and many people push back on this, but part of that celebration is getting out your decorations, like starting to play Christmas music, November 1st. You know, again, playing music that has a holiday theme is kind of an interesting an interesting thing, <laughs> because, like, for much of history, like, what is playing music? Like, you have to have an instrument or have be able to pay people to play instruments, or you sing a song, and you can sing a song at any time, and that is easier to just break into than, like, even pulling up Spotify on your phone or giving Alexa a voice command. Like, it's even easier to just start singing a song. Um, however, you know, there would be a, a time and place for all this. Another aspect of, of the Christmas season is that you have Advent leading from, there's four Sundays of Advent leading up to Christmas, um, and it kind of varies when it starts. Sometimes it's like the, the start of the last week of November, sometimes it's more uh, like the very end of November, um, even early December, I, I believe it can fall. Um, because it's whenever Christmas is, falls in the week, you have to have four Sundays back from that. Um, so Christmas is on a Monday or a Sunday, like, that's going to make a difference when Advent is. Advent is a time of solemnity and preparation. This is what I was taught in church. Advent is a time akin to Lent uh, in its solemnity. Um, that's not how we observe it today. Even the religious among us tend to, like, put up a Christmas tree during Advent to decorate, you know, to play Christmas music and get in the Christmas spirit well before Christmas. So, kind of, a, you know, just an interesting little thing. Um... But yeah, I think that's something, that and Candlemas are going to be the next horizons in, like, people realizing that Christmas is not really how we celebrate it. And I think that kind of comes from people's general dissatisfaction with 
uh, celebrating Christmas earlier and earlier. I don't think Christmas season can ever retake or overtake Halloween. I think Halloween is, is just a firm bulwark against like, they're just too different, right? It goes back to Religio and Super Studio. But, you know, that's something that some people, I think, increasingly in the, the kind of feeling of desperation going around um, and of, like, pain and loss and hardship that many of us are dealing with for many reasons in today's world, I, I think... Like, there is some knee-jerk reaction to push Christmas a little earlier, but then there are other people who are like, no, I want to give it its due time. Like, over, like, two months is too long. That's a sixth of the, of the year. That's too much. Um, and, you know, other people just want it. To, to last as long as it does, want desperately to put two brain cells together and make a happy chemical. Uh, I'm getting kind of dark. <laughs> um, okay, so, but yeah, I think it's just kind of an interesting, like, to, to remember how it used to be, because a lot of these traditions have not been transmitted to our celebration today. How we observe Christmas today is so deeply, so much more rooted in was it Thomas Nast? No, Clark Clement Moore um, wrote the uh, A Visit from St. Nicholas. Again, before he was called Santa Claus at all. And, like, you go back and you read that poem, the one that starts with Twas the Night Before Christmas and All Through the House, and so often parodied by, like, commercials and, you know, sitcoms and whatever. You go back and read that, and, like, yeah, there's the reindeer, and they're all made. And yeah, he has like a uh, bowl full of jelly, Tom, uh, absolute dad bod unit. Um, but like, a lot of the other trappings of, of, and yeah, he like swipes down the chimney and like delivers gifts. A lot of the other trappings of Santa are just like not really there. Like, he doesn't say he wears a red coat trimmed with white. Um, that's just not part of it. Uh, there's nothing about writing letters to Santa for gifts. That's kind of been inserted later, uh, especially by Coca-Cola in their depictions of Santa Claus, and in uh, depictions of Santa Claus uh, from Norman Rockwell illustrations, and you know some of the, the very iconic, very idealized images of American life in the 20th century. Um, that's where we get a lot of it. And I've heard it said that we're just kind of reinventing and reliving, you know, the, like, boomers' nostalgia for Christmas because so much of it, so many of the popular songs, like, uh, Do You Hear What I Hear, Rocking Around the Christmas Tree, um, Little St. Nick, uh, so much of it is, has origins in, like, the 40s, 50s, and 60s, and it's the kind of, we're recreating the, the sort of holiday atmosphere that today's, you know, ascendant elders 
I mean, it's been this way for some time. Uh, Like, boomers have always had a giant impact on our culture because there's so many of them. Um, Statistically, there's more boomers who are involved in creating and transmitting culture. Um, But there's also so many more boomer consumers out there than other generations. So they, they get kind of an outsized, correspondingly outsized share of media representation. So, something interesting to, to kind of consider with all this. Um, yeah. Uh, what else? So, boomers. Yeah, like the, you know, that's why A Christmas Story, that movie came out in the 80s. Like, it's about the 50s already. In, from since the 80s, people have been reinventing, you know, or not reinventing, but people have been trying to, desperately trying to recapture the nostalgia of a 1950s Christmas. And, you know, even apart from that, uh, we've got uh, The Grinch, you know, um, how, uh, how The Grinch Stole Christmas. That story has been recycled so many, I mean, the original one came out in the 60s, based on the Dr. Seuss book from, I believe, the 50s, or thereabouts, Um, and then there was the 2000s Grinch with Jim Carrey, that now I'm hearing so many people, like, or a number of people, more than one, it's weird that it happened twice, Um, more than one person has said that they watch that movie every year, that that's become, like, Christmas nostalgia for them. Probably because they were a 90s kid. I never liked that movie personally. I also never liked The Christmas Story personally. I kind of never really was in for the the Christmas movies that are about, like, wow, this sucks. Christmas is hard to do right. Um, Even though it is, and they're kind of not wrong. Like, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, um, uh, Home Alone, um, the aforementioned Christmas story. I, I never really liked... To me, like, the reality is already that Christmas is, has a lot of expectations on it. It carries a lot of significance and emotional weight, and it's hard to do right. I don't really need to see or want to see that reflected in movies, personally, in my escapist media. Um, however well things work out in the end, I, I just don't really care for it. Um, but yeah, so the Grinch... In 2000, there was another adaptation uh, with Benedict Cumberbatch made, like, 2018, I want to say, a few years ago. Um, 2019? I don't know. Um, The Peanuts, also, like, probably big for boomers, has remained... Like, there hasn't been a new Peanuts movie in decades. And Charles Schultz died in 2002. Um, why, why did the Peanuts, why does Charlie Brown still have such a a stranglehold on, but you could say that for a lot of things. Why is Scooby-Doo still so relevant? Boomers. Boomers. Um, it was relevant to Boomers at one time, and, uh, whether or not, Scooby-Doo remains relevant to boomers. I don't think any boomers are really part of the target demo for, uh, like, Velma, 
you know, but, uh, like, there's still kind of, like, calling shots in, in media, and there's still, um, what they like has impacted future generations so much. Um, anyway, so what else can I cover briefly? Uh, New Year's, I think, is an interesting holiday. I really like New Year's. I wish people a happy New Year's from right after Christmas Day. Uh, you know, when I, when I, you know, uh, like, thank a cashier or, you know, like, uh, have an interaction with a, a, a patron at work or something. Um, like, up through, like, probably January 10th, it's, like, kind of, at that point, like, yeah, we're a couple weeks in, but, and I know it, but I love it, because it's one thing that we all recognize, I guess, unless you're, you're on the lunar calendar, that's more culturally recognizable to you, but it's one thing that, you know, everybody kind of goes through, it's not, it's secular, it's not a religious thing, it doesn't have the kind of import or weight of, like, sometimes I feel like when I say Merry Christmas to somebody, like, I'm trying to, to, like, you know, I'm taking aside a stance in the war on Christmas, and sometimes when I say Happy Holidays also, I'm like, oh, are they going to interpret this some kind of way? I don't know. It's just, I don't know. <laughs> Even though there are multiple holidays, like, let's not forget. Um, but yeah, I love New Year's. Uh, I love the kind of introspection that it brings. Um, I, I don't feel like we need to slam on the, the, the feeling of, like, uh, <laughs> feelings of, like, remorse or, uh, penitence or, um, what else, uh, quite so, so hard, um, as we do going into January, like, cold turkey is a rough way to, to, you know, give something up, right? That's kind of my, my issue. Um, and I think January, like, the fact that it has no other holidays apart from New Year's, which is literally the first instant of January, and then it's all come down from there. Um, I like to give... January a little significance of, like, being the heart of winter. Um, it's kind of a cool and unique time of year because of that. I know a lot of people hate winter. Can't relate. I'm sorry. I don't like summer. <laughs> um, anyway. What else? Yeah, so, yeah, New Year's, I think, is very cool. Um, let's go around the clock. I'm basically there, but I have a little time. I want to make sure I cover everything. Yeah, New Year's is, uh... Um... New Year's is an interesting time. Um, I think the darkness, relative darkness at that time of year really drives 
I think when you have less light, you are a little bit less surrounded by, you know, you, you feel a little bit less in your body. You feel a little bit less surrounded by the things that surround you. Um, and you're a little bit more easily able to get into the kind of, and this is something that's been a little disrupted by, by our use of electrical lighting um, in the modern era. Not saying it's bad, just saying that it's, like, different. Um, but I think we're a little separated from that kind of imaginary space. Like, we... How to put it a little bit more clearly? Um, we have, when it's dark, when you don't have much light, you can't see much, literally. Like, the day is, the, the seeing time takes up less of your, of your day, both waking and otherwise. Um, you... You spend more time, you direct your your thoughts, your imaginary self more inward. You think a little bit more introspectively. And I think New Year's could not happen the same way in summer. People would not be thinking um, so, so clearly about their, themselves, so lucidly about themselves at, a different time of year. It just goes hand in hand with the amount of light we have. Um, anyway, I could talk a little bit more at length about this. Christmas in particular deeply fascinates me as a holiday, just the kind of accumulation of religious and secular significance to it is unlike any other holiday uh, still celebrated um, or any holiday celebrated as widely. And I think, you know, just to, to return momentarily to the religious aspect of it, um, when I was studying religious studies in, in college, um, I took a history of Christianity class, and my professor, my professor uh, had this point that, like, we, we sometimes talk about global Christianity as, you know, in, in the field, I guess, and sometimes talk about global Christianity as, like, you know, to represent Christianity worldwide. Um but what's more appropriate in his thinking was to say global Christianities, plural, because there are so many different Christian sects, and there's so many ways of, of observing, and Christianity owes so much of its success as a, as a major global world religion to the fact that it's so infinitely variable, and you can take basically the same themes and kind of combine them with whatever local celebrations or um, you know, what have you exist in, in that area and kind of 
you know, it's it's pretty malleable, and it's not malleable by design, or, I mean, it's, it is malleable by design, more so, like, it's not malleable by, like, like, it, it still has dogmatic elements, and there are still aspects of Christianity that are pretty immutable, um, but there's so much wiggle room that the church, like, early on and up to today, really allows, um, just to allow Christianity to spread and succeed in a different kind of way. So, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Um, but yeah, even apart from its attachment to Christianity, I think Christmas is a really interesting festival, I think. Uh, I think the winter holiday season is a very interesting time, unlike any other throughout the year. There is no other time of year where there's a cluster of major holidays, and everything else just kind of is a, you know, you, you kind of get some sense of sort of a drummed up, you know, like, uh, they're either holidays that have, were established at a federal level by the U.S. government um, in the last, like, 100 to 200 years that we celebrate in the U.S., that is, um, or they are, like, older, like, you know, St. Patrick's Day, March 17th. That's the feast day of St. Patrick on the Catholic calendar. And it's kind of become this, like, uh, you know, more major cities celebrate in, uh, you know, with parades and whatnot. It's kind of... But, you know, St. Patrick's Day doesn't have the same cachet as, as like, Thanksgiving, even. Uh, or New Year's, you know, if you want to look at just holidays that have kind of morphed into, like, drinking holidays, put it next to New Year's, you know. Um, yeah, everything else throughout the year, like, you know, Easter kind of moves around, there's Valentine's Day. We kind of have to, like, scrimp and, and scrape to come up with, like, a holiday per month, Um in the contemporary calendar, and many of them, you know, like, Christmas is one of those, Thanksgiving as well, are, and New Year's Day are federal holidays, and they're federal holidays that are observed pretty much unilaterally, you know, in, in all workplaces except, like, you know, service and retail, um, but even in many of those, uh, and God, they should, <laughs> um, but, you know, it's interesting. Like, Christmas is a Christian holiday, and it's a federal, it's also a federal holiday that you get, you know, paid time off for, or whatever. Um, maybe not paid time off, but, uh, you know, like Labor Day, Memorial Day are among those, but it's, you know, it's just kind of something else. And, like, even many of these other federal holidays, like, you know, MLK Day, uh, President's Day, Juneteenth, Memorial and Labor Day, and Veterans Day, um, I guess 4th of July, but, like, many of these we do not, 
automatically get off in the same way that we do for Christmas and Thanksgiving and New Year's. Like, that's not a given. Like, I haven't had, you know, MLK or President's Day off since I was in, since I was in high school. Um, no workplace I've, I've been in since, uh, including some, you know, public sector workplaces have observed those holidays. So it's just kind of, kind of interesting how these all fit. Uh, so nothing really holds a candle to uh, the winter holiday season as far as other holidays. And I think that's why we're kind of in this collective, like, post-holiday slump. And I think, you know, just stop doing it cold turkey. You know, like, whatever you need to incorporate into your holiday rituals or observances. Like, I personally, I feel like it's healthier to have a little tail for Christmas and New Year's rather than uh, the hard, sharp stop at the new year um, and after New Year's Day, really, um, and instead starting, you know, yeah. So, anyway, I, I've said my piece, but that's that's kind of where I'm at. Um, it's a really interesting topic to me, so, yeah, we'll, we'll call it. Uh, yeah, see you all next time, and, um, yeah, as a little bit of housekeeping. I've been enjoying doing uh, podcasts on topics other than magic <laughs> for a little break or A Song of Ice and Fire. Um, or I plan to do a few more of those uh, going down the line. I have uh, some other topics planned. So we'll take a little break, a little hiatus for, from those for uh, the non-magic playing or uh, Song of Ice and Fire enjoying crowd uh, and we'll be back with you next time, hopefully sooner. All right. Thank you all for listening very much. Uh, appreciate it immensely. It's It's been a lot of fun making this podcast. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you all next time. Bye-bye.